what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name's Alan Jackson. Over here this way is Brian Jackson. God, it's been a while since I've done that, so I forgot. I went the wrong way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Need to practice. That way. Mm-hmm. That way is Brian Jackson. For those of you on audio, it makes no difference what I'm saying. Yep. Uh, Absolutely Brian, none. How are you doing? Good. Good. I am, uh, well, I have a bourbon in hand and I see that. Life is uh, pretty good right now. Get home from one work. Of those days or just yep, telling, you it know. absolutely was one of those days. Yeah, so, same here. Yes. Same here. Much, much better now. Yeah. It and, is. You know, and then I'm, better. well, yeah. Much better now that you're here talking to me. Um, oh, the bourbon. Sorry. No, much better now that I have the bourbon. Now, oh, the bourbon. Yeah. With you. <laughs> talking to you. Okay. So that's fine. No, no, I'm yeah, all right. Well, I'm all right. This is uh, this is brothers in tech. Brian and I are brothers. We get together every week and we talk technology. We talk home, family, personal technology, uh, ways to use technology, new things technology is doing for us, how we weave it into our everyday life. And uh, every week we get together. We typically have a a kind of a topic we're going to dig into, and that's that is the case tonight. We do have a topic we'll be exploring here a little bit talking about over the air tv Mm. for those who may not be familiar with the phrase over the air tv that is tv that comes through antenna instead of like most of us are used to now cable or satellite or something else this is still a traditional antenna based tv believe it or not it's still out there it's still still usable and brian's actually going to update us a little bit on kind of what's been (laughs) advancing forward and how antenna based over the air TV can still play a role in your, your digital life. Right. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. It's going to be Brian educating us. Cause honestly, I have not dealt with over the air TV in decades. Um, we can go into that a little bit deeper. Why in a little bit, but I'm excited to hear you talk about kind of where it is and what's possible or if there, you know, what, if it, if it could be a fit for somebody to weave into their, TV viewing experience right now. So, yeah. I mean, it, but what I love is how you just said Brian's going to educate us as if that's like a different thing for right. what it's we're a very doing special today. episode of Brothers in Tech. <laughs> Brian, Brian chimes in with some knowledge. Which knowledge? To, okay. To bestow on the rest of the audience. So, well, because yeah, we'll I'm getting ready to take over. Do you do you want to actually get involved in this episode? You know, not really. That, actually, but, if but, you're good to, to kind of just do it by yourself, I may sign off here and just, yeah, uh, leave yeah, you to I it. I mean, again, if if you would like, go ahead. I mean, I have no guarantees of what the bourbon is going to do to my my presentation of this. I'm trying but, to think if there's anything more important I should be doing right now. No. I think I'm. I think I'm just going to hang here, and listen to you talk. It'll be all right. Well, I do want. I do want to hear from you a little bit today, though. I, I'm. I'm afraid I'm going to get ready to take over, and you will be missing in action. Is would you like to update us on anything before I jump in? Is so, anything crazy going on with your tech life right now? What's happening? Um, I mean, there's always something crazy going on. 
just about every day. I, I, I'm, I'm in the midst of a battle with Apple still on a locked iCloud account. Oh, jeez. That I'm no, having that was no, wrapped up a long time ago. No, 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 no. That was never wrapped up. Hmm. It is still outstanding. Um, just to let everybody know, uh, yeah, I have a iCloud account. I think I talked about this a couple months ago. Yep. That um, somehow I still don't believe I actually forgot the password, but somehow the password had to be reset on this iCloud account through Apple. And this is one I use for work with some work devices. It's not one I use personally, but I have bought several high dollar applications using that iCloud account many years ago. And I need those applications. They're my video editing software, some other uh, tools I use, and I really don't want to have to buy them again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it's been an ordeal. They have been unable to help me unlock or reset my password. To do so is a multi-day process where you have to ensure that every device that's ever been logged into that account and could possibly still be logged in in some way or shape or form has to be powered off. Hmm. And we're talking for days for them to verify. Because what they do is they run a test to like see, like send out pings and see if any device picks it up. Because if any device picks it up, they could argue that maybe you're trying to lock or unlock or reset a pass a, a an account that's still active somewhere. Right, right. Access to it. I get why, but the problem is I've got about twelve iPhones all logged into this account that I use in my studio for cameras. I've got three iPads, and I've had seven MacBook Pros over the past uh, seven or eight years that have all been logged into this account. And I've tried going through and reformatting them resetting them, shut everything. And it's just nothing will pass this test to get this account reset. So I'm really at a loss. Hmm. I don't know what else to do anymore because I could go and just buy the apps again, which I don't want to do, but by all the time I've wasted on this, I might as well just go and do it in another account. But all those iPhones are still logged into that account or trying to log into that account and to remove that iCloud account from those phones they all have find my Mac or find my iPhone turned on. They will not let me deactivate that without the password to the iCloud account that they're connected to. So I'd actually have to brick those phones, which I don't want, you don't want to do, which means they won't really be able to be reactivated again. So it's, um, anyway, I don't want to go into any more than that. I'm just letting you know, it's still an issue and I have nothing else to share on that. Yeah. But on the other thing, where is where is your bourbon? Is what I want to know. Like, where is <laughs> it's uh, been mixed with a few other things? Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I did want to update on is a little quick. I'm just going to take a minute or two. I don't want to spend much long on this because I know we probably have bored our audience with talk about this topic for the last few weeks. Hmm. But we did last week just work on building kind of the the perfect email program, all the features, all the aspects we wanted of it. And by the end of the episode, we had stumbled across or had kind of brought back to our attention an app that on the surface seemed like it might have checked most all the boxes. And I said I was going to try it out for a week. And that is Canary Mail. Canary Mail on Mac and on iOS devices. I have been using it for a week. It has uh, replaced Spark as my current email client. It is working. I had one technical issue with it, a bug I had to work out with the development team. And they walked me through a solution that 
caused me to reset all the preferences on it and set up all the accounts again, but it did fix the problem. Haven't had the problem again. Um, and other than just a couple minor things, minor annoyances, I wish it did differently. Uh, it is, it, it, I look back over our list of these are the critical have to have features and it meets all of them for me. Yeah. So, so far, so good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I've made some progress. I'm still working with it. I still like it. It is uh, faster than what I think other email apps have been that I've used. Um, I haven't had any of the issues with snoozing, not working like it does on Spark, yep. which is yep. why I left there. So, so far, so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working with it. No, I, I I will just chime in and say I've, I've been using Canary off and on for the last week. Now, I'm a little different. Uh, for those that don't know, Canary is, is, in, is an app that is included within your setup, which is the subscription service that Alan still uses is what, yes. $10 a month, and you get access to a number of different um, applications. So Alan technically can really commit to this for free. Canary for anybody else gives you a 30-day trial. So I'm looking, I've got you know 25 days left on a trial where I'm still seeing all the professional um, uh, this professional features. And I, unfortunately, on my end, kind of moved away and went back to Outlook, which is where I've started to migrate to Outlook on Mac as well as Outlook on iOS. Um, but just for a few minor things, not anything that you know would necessarily affect you. It's more of my... Um, a little couple quirks that I have of the mobile side and, you know, wanting to stay sync, but there's a number of things that I love about it. I really do like some of the, you know, some of the, the layout, the, you know, the, the AI integration on a few things that kind of make mm-hmm. things stand out. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's still in the running as a possible application and it seems like they're still continuing to update it, which is nice. So, um, so yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah, I mean it's still it's it's not perfect, but it does check all of the critical boxes for me. And yeah, so yep. far so good. And I mean the support. Yep. You know, when I did have the one issue with it where emails were not loading correctly, I, I reached out to support within 24 hours. I had an answer and a simple resolution. So that's encouraging as well. Um, nice. We'll see. Yeah, that's good. Cool, Brian. You mentioned Outlook uh, in passing, yep. and I did want to kind of share just as a quick little news item before we got into anything else. Um, they uh, announced just uh, well, actually maybe just today or last couple of days it was that today, yeah. Microsoft, according to The Verge and other other news sources carrying this, that Outlook for Mac, the application you just mentioned, which is mm-hmm. email and calendar program for uh for the microsoft office suite typically the outlook for mac version that you can get through the app store is actually now free now what they mean by free is technically you could have said well it was free before well you could have downloaded it from the app store before but you needed a subscription a microsoft subscription to make it work a 365 subscription or an office license in order to use it so now um they have gone ahead and announced it and said, nope, it's free. You do not need to log in with any Microsoft account. You do not need a subscription. It is just ready to go, ready to go out there. Um, you know, again, I loved Outlook for Mac. I just, I only had one issue with it with templates. So um, this tells me that Microsoft is really making a push to make sure people are using Outlook 
more and more because I mean it's kind of the de facto yep. standard on Windows. It's not the default standard on Mac, but it could be because I think enough people wish that uh, Mac Mail, the Apple Mac Mail, could do a little bit more. Outlook seems to address some of those concerns by making something with a little more powerful features. Um, maybe making it free was the way for them to just kind of try to open the floodgates a little bit for anybody who was yeah. about using it. So I don't know. I mean, I have this, I, I have always had this, uh, this hang up when it comes to outlook in the past where I've, I've always thought that the Microsoft, they were just a little bit boring. They didn't quite, you know, step everything forward. I mean, you know, even office apps, I thought were, I use them, I use them all the time, but I was very reluctant on Outlook until I kind of jumped back in in the last, you know, year or two. And I tell you, they really have made some nice advancements. Um, and when you talk about it being rock solid, the I, I've mentioned it several times on this podcast that the Outlook app for the iOS is by far the most rock solid email app that I've ever experienced. I have never experienced a problem with it. And it seems to do everything fairly well. There may not be quite a, some of the bells and whistles, some of the AI integration, all that kind of cool and new things, but it has been absolutely rock solid. So that's one of the things I think you can commit to is with, with Outlook, it's, it's going to work. The question is whether it does all the things you want it to do. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's certainly worthy of, uh, of consideration for some folks. So well, if I remember correctly too, Brian, there was some rumors a while back that Outlook for the Mac was going to eventually roll into a web app only. There were some talks right. about that. Remember? Right. Yeah. So I think this is encouraging. This came out in the news today as well, if we kind of read ahead. You know, right now Microsoft is is working on rebuilding Outlook for Windows. Uh, they've been testing a new web-powered version of Outlook for almost a year. They're saying it combines the Windows Mail app and Outlook for Windows into a single email client. Um, that's going to be a progressive web app, meaning it'll run through a web browser, but it uh, tries to incorporate as many of the features of the desktop as possible. But now they're saying uh, the company clarified there are no plans to update Outlook for Mac to a progressive web app. According to their mm -hmm. partner, their product group manager, he says, the new Outlook for Mac is a native Mac OS app Microsoft plans to continue building and maintaining best-in-class native apps on Mac iOS. No progressive web apps are planned for Mac Outlook. So you could read that one of two ways, Brian. Either, yeah, we're going to have development on Windows go this direction, and we're going to keep developing the desktop version for the Mac like it is, or we're not really planning on doing anything new with Outlook for Mac. We've just released the latest version, and that's basically where it's going to end and right. we're just going to let that coast out there. I don't know. I mean, there's no telling where Microsoft's plans are with this, but um, I, I take some I take some confidence in this. That I think if you wanted to jump into the Outlook world and you're a Mac user, I think it's probably a pretty good time to do so because I do think that the desktop app is going to be a solid offering for some time now. So, yeah. Um, yep. And as I said, the iOS app is incredibly good. Um, okay. I keep coming back to it. You know, every yeah. time I try something new, you you know this, I keep coming back and saying, nope, I'm right <laughs> back to Outlook because it's... You just can't quit it. I can't, I can't. And uh, I always find something that doesn't work on every other app in terms of the way I like for things to uh, to run. And um, 
and I go right back to it. So, yeah, so I'm going to continue to, to, to look at this, um, you know, and see if there might be, uh, you know, some other sort of interesting, uh, uses of outlook. Maybe they're, they're starting to continue to, to develop that further. So, okay. all right, well, let's, let well, me jump in I've got here. All stuff there, so, yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk just a minute about over the air, Alan, because you yeah. you kind of gave us a, a decent overview as to why we're talking about this. But uh, for me, you know, this is this is something I continue to dabble in probably every few years, um, and mainly because we we talked about it a few um, a few uh, episodes ago, where we said, well do we see ourselves leaving you and I both with YouTube TV? Do we sell, see ourselves ever u- losing YouTube TV or what would pull us away? And then we tried to start talking about, well, what was it that we loved about using YouTube TV? And the one thing that I kept coming back to was sports. Sports is the thing that keeps me wanting to have some access to, you know, live sports, live, um, you know, sport networks. But now that those are starting to come separate, we've got MLS that's working to Apple TV. You've got some that are happening on uh, uh, Amazon Prime. I feel like we're getting to a point where I need to start looking at what else do I need YouTube TV for? And so just a reminder, YouTube TV for everybody is the streaming TV service that, you know, it's maybe $65 a month where you get all the networks, plus you get a lot of the sport channels, it's basically just it's cable. It's cable for streaming. So you're right back to a kind of a cable version. But when I started thinking about why, you know, I've got all these streaming services and I always try to look and figure out, do I actually need them? Um, I'd say 90% of the TV watching that we do is streaming services where we are just hopping on a, an episode of something and and watching whatever's next. The one thing that my wife would say would be, well, I do like to have the local news. I do like to have some of the local channels. Uh, and if we just went with Netflix, Hulu, you know, uh, Paramount, we're going to lose that. So that's what made me start thinking back to, well, you know, there's a there's a free way that we can get that content, that local network content, and that's over the air. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, just as you said, Alan, people don't realize that that's still a thing. Uh, and it's not your your grandfather's over the air, right? It's just, this is a signal that actually is really, really good. And back probably 15 years ago, 12 to 15 years ago, I was using over the air for everything, uh, all my networks, and I was recording it. And the quality of the signal was really, really good. Um, and I haven't done that now for probably, you know, seven or eight years since then. Mm. Okay. So I, I mentioned that because now there's been a recent announcement, which is that they have actually updated the uh, uh, the stream, the the over-the-air signal, that there's a new standard that has come out. And that new standard is called next-gen TV. So next-gen TV or next-generation TV <clears throat> is the latest standard of over-the-air signal. Okay. So whereas for the last probably 15 years, the over-the-air signal has been a strong HD signal. So it is, you know, high-quality uh, digital signal that comes in. Um, but now the next-gen signal, which a lot of these big cities are updating their over-the-air signals to create this next-gen, from my understanding, is the next-gen allows 4K 
uh, signal to be delivered over the air, as well as other digital information that would allow for some additional uh, features that potentially could be there. So right now, if we, you know, just like we talked about with streaming sports, how when you stream things, you have the ability to get lots of digital information. You can start getting stats and all of that. My understanding is that next-gen TV is a different signal that then could potentially start to bring additional information. I mean, it already brings some digital info, right? You can have a you can have a TV that can read the signal and be able to show you a, a guide and show you what's coming next. It shows you what the you know the name of the um, the uh, uh, show that you're watching. All of that's coming in over the air, right? But I think this is saying now that it's kind of ratcheted up the signal to where we can actually start to get some additional features. So, so that got me excited again to know that there's still kind of a resurgence of the yeah. technology within next gen or what's so over the air 4k over the air broadcast. Mm-hmm. And just as a reminder for everybody, what, what do you need in order to get like at the bare minimum? Oh, like if you yeah. just want to have your yeah. TV, what do you need right now to get? So if you, yeah, if you wanted to turn your TV on and see over the air signals, <clears throat> you need two things. You need an antenna. Right. So there has to be an antenna to be able to access the over the air. So, you know, when we were growing up, there'd be a big antenna on our roof. And that was what was reaching uh, the signal from the different towers. Now you can have actually uh, an indoor small uh, bunny ears, even bunny ears will work. Right. You could plug bunny ears into the back of your TV. You've got this really nice TV, but you add a set of bunny ears to it and you might be able to pick up uh, a uh, over the air signal. The other thing though that you need is a digital tuner for that signal. So realize there's there's over the air, which used to be for a bunny years, used to be br- bringing in kind of an analog signal, right, Alan? Right. The original, yep. the original, yeah, was a was pulling in analog information, which means you only need an analog TV right. to be able to see that signal. Well, then when they created the digital over the air signal, you needed a digital tuner to be able to read the over-the-air digital signal. Right? Now, a lot of more modern TVs have digital tuners built in, right? Correct. Yep, yeah. correct. And when you buy that TV, oftentimes you can take a look and see, is there a digital tuner, uh, an over-the-air tuner, an antenna tuner? You can also see, like, if they if they still include some sort of antenna connection in the back, like a cable, you know, cable, uh, uh, coax cable connection, you might find that you know they it, it it was very cheap for TVs to be able to still add the over the air tuner. So right. check and see if it's got a tuner. Now I do believe that the next gen signal requires a upgraded tuner. So there are certain tuners that can access this next gen level of signal. Um, I but I assume that many of the ones that are coming out now will probably start offering that as a as a tuner. But well, if you're interested in having it already built into the TV, you will need to check and see when that starts rolling out as a right. built-in option on TVs as well, because yep. um, it may be a little bit behind those yep. dedicated tuners when uh, TVs start incorporating this new enhanced antenna, uh, uh, tuner into the TV set. Yep. But I will, I will say that the digital tuners themselves are dirt cheap. So even if you were to get a next-gen digital tuner 
it's you can probably get one for 20 to 30 bucks right it's okay. this is not a very expensive thing all this is is a box that goes in between your antenna and your tv so the antenna goes into the digital tuner the tuner sends it sends a new signal to the tv the tv displays that signal 20 to 30 dollar box can do it and do it fairly well um so brian with the antenna and again i'm mm-hmm. kind of talking back on the basics here before we get into yep. more of the what people are doing with over the year over the year antennas or signals now but an antenna i know they sell them at at your best buys your, yep. your electronic stores they sell them at lowe's hardware they sell them mm-hmm. at other places that just have home goods in general and these antennas are not ones like you said that are requiring you to get up on a roof and all this they do need, certainly don't have to no okay they do need to have yeah, good visibility out to the air. I mean, right? I, mean, I think you don't want to so. Walk, here, so here's the you thing: don't want to walk right? Up in a closet, like you know, in no. a closet in your basement or anything. No, you but they, they can be indoors. Many of them can be indoors, but they will okay. all say that they work better if they're next to a window, or they'll work better if they're outside. Um, so, so here's the here's the one piece that I would give uh, or a suggestion I'd give to, to folks is that if you're interested in this, first first thing to do is to go and check and see how close are you to the towers that are delivering that signal. All right. So, Alan, where you are, you would most likely, I mean, what are your local channels? Charlotte. Yeah. Is that Charlotte. Yeah. So they're all Charlotte. So you are what? I don't, I, I can't remember 60 miles away from Charlotte, 50 miles away from Charlotte. Uh, yeah. 40, 50 miles. Okay. So you're 40, 50 miles away from the towers that are delivering the Charlotte local channels. So here's one thing. If you are, if you had an antenna that was clearly above trees or you had a house that had no trees around it and you felt as though you could look out your window and look towards Charlotte, you may be able to, to have an antenna that only needs to reach, let's say, 50 miles, right? But of course, most of us are having trees around us. We're having hills around us. We don't have a direct shot to those situations. So you oftentimes want an antenna that can reach further. When you look up uh, over-the-air antennas or just regular bunny ear type antennas, nowadays they'll all say, like, what's the range at which it can reach? And if you are someone who's more than, let's say, 10 to 15 miles away from where you're trying to access, I would suggest overshooting what that antenna is supposed to deliver. Um, so, you know, if you're 50 miles away, I'd look for one that's, you know, can handle a hundred miles. Um, and some of those antennas are powered, which means, you know, if you plug them in, then of course they get additional amplification of the signal that they can give. But, but you can get, to, I mean, here's the beauty. If you have your TV already has a tuner, and you can just get a regular bunny ears. Maybe you have an old TV sitting around that had bunny ears on it. Take the bunny ears off, put them on the back of that TV, go to your tuner um, tuner section of your TV. So turn it off of cable and switch it on mm-hmm. to tuner and say, search for channels. You know, you're likely to find something. And if you find something with that, you know that with a slightly better antenna, you can probably get more. Now, what are you going to get out of this? You're going to get local channels, ABC, NBC, CBS, right? You're going to get most of those if you're close enough to those towers because that's mostly what the big cities are going to offer. And then you'll also get a number of PBSs and local kind of random sorts of um, 
public broadcast sorts of TV stations. So, so Brian, can I bring up an example? This is a website that sure. I've used in the past. Oh, I yeah. haven't used it in a long time, but are you familiar with antennaweb.org? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to just show this. This is perfect if you are wanting to say, hey, I wonder what lo- what over-the-air channels I can get for no yep. money, rebroadcast. <clears throat> but it's all going to depend on where you live in your distance from different places. This website, antennaweb.org, if you were to go to this website and you basically just give it your physical, your mail, your actual home address. Mm-hmm. It will come up with you once you do that search and put in your address and it will show you the station results you have available to you where you live. So here you can see this is the list I have available for me. Okay. There's a CBS, WBTV is the Charlotte um, CBS network. Uh, it's like there's a My TV, which I'm not sure what network that belongs to. Fox. Yeah, that's going to be one of those. It shows like old, old yeah. timey shows and everything. But I got yeah. Fox. Mm-hmm. I've got PBS, ABC, and I think that's it. it CBS like at the top, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but no, uh, no NBC. Doesn't look and like. and no next gen over there to the right, right? So you don't have ah, any next gen so yet. Where I am yep. right now, I'm not going to get the 4K any kind of enhanced signal, right? Right, right, okay. correct. Right. But those are uh, continuing to to continue to go well, out. So. Well, this shows me on the map kind of where I am, and it shows me what signals I'm going to be getting. The yeah. ones that are the closest, obviously, were the ones that are probably those independent ones. Yeah. This, uh, and if you go, Alan, if you scroll back up, that's an important piece right there where you're pointing to is that how many miles away are you yeah. from the tower? That's a but really, you can see really I've important got piece. Couple, I've got uh, you know, this ABC network is 10 miles away. HKWHKY is the local Hickory station that's seven miles away. But then the rest of them are 35, 29, 29, 28, 28. Yeah. That's the ones down here in that light in purple that yep. are uh, closer to Charlotte for me. So my options are not great, you know, where yep. I live. Um, yep. I don't, I'm not really close to a lot of big broadcast networks. Um, this was an issue I had at my last house where I was considering getting over the air. But between this kind of topography I was dealing with, and the fact that my house was down at the bottom of a hill where I've got trees surrounding me all around, it just wasn't an option. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I definitely encourage anybody who's following along with what Brian's talking about, go check out this website first and see if your address is even going to get a, a decent array of, of channels or not. Salon, scroll back up for a second and where you did the search for your location. Yeah. Did you actually put in the full address? Okay. Can you put in just the, are you able to do a click a new search? And yeah, I don't know if it'll do just by the uh, zip code, but if you just did 97006. 90776. No, 97006. Let's see if it does it by that. Nope. Doesn't look it will be. Okay, it needs the whole thing. Yep. But what you'll see, like from where I live, I'm maybe five to 10 miles away from all of these, right? And so in that case, you might see some next gen. Let me do one more thing before you move on. Yes, I'm giving away my home home address. Please don't come and stalk (laughs) me. Um, I'm going to check something I didn't check before. Antenna will be installed 30 feet or more above ground level. Mm-hmm. Now, 
you don't know I me, mean, if you decide you want to put it up on your top of your roof and you think your house is already like some above ground level, right? Then that yep. you may want to check that. And that may give us a little more options because I did not have that checked before. Um, let's see. It's not loading. Here we go. Um, yeah, I do have a few more options that popped up that I would not have had before if I have my antenna installed a little higher, going for that 30 feet above ground level. You can see I've got a few more channels I didn't have the first time around, it looks like. Yeah, there's my NBC channel. It's actually there now, which I didn't have before. They're still yep. farther away, but I do have a few more lines. So just, again, you have some options if you are going to look at an antenna. Uh, if you you know if you kept one indoors, obviously you're going to get the most limited range right. of what's available around you. But if you live in a place like I do, you're probably going to be better off getting an antenna that is going to have to be on your top of your house or above your house or somehow mounted somewhere. That's yep. going to get a little bare clearance. So, anyway, can you can you share my screen for a second, Alan? Yep, sure. So here's here's just a comparison where you can see this is this is my house. Mm -hmm. And what do we have here? Me TV, CW, Fox, Ion. Uh, I don't know what that is. CBS, PBS, My TV, wow. NBC, ABC, and I don't know what IND is. Um, I don't know what a bunch of these are. And then you can see down here the next gen, next gen stations: uh -huh. ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CW, PBS. Wow. So, and that's because I'm. Well, all of these are what four or five miles away. So yeah. for me, you know, having even an indoor antenna that probably is something rated for 20 to 30 miles at least, I would probably get a 50 miler with just so I could keep it in a basement maybe and still get it. But it's possible that I would be able to pick up some of these next gen 4K mm -hmm. um, options. Now, the beauty of this for me, Alan, is that if we can make this work, so just brainstorming here, if I had, if I had over the air coming in cleanly uh, and a, very efficiently to my TV, then, you know, maybe I can start looking at a lesser pay package rather than YouTube TV to get my sports. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I just said, you know, well, what if, what would, you know, what would an ESPN only, you know, package run me? Um, so now I have the locals have the ESPN plus I have, my Netflix and whatever. That's true. I think we probably just trimmed out probably 30 bucks out of my budget, maybe mm -hmm. a month. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, to me, that's useful. Now, is it is it as clean as having YouTube TV where I'm not leaving an app and I'm just kind of shifting around? Probably not. Um, but it also gives me, you know, a way to trim some trim some cash and potentially get a, even a better option. I mean, right now, YouTube TV, I have to pay if I'm going to ask for 4K, yeah. Right. So you can get well, that Brian, over the air, at least Brian, with these. I know you say it's like a lot of flipping around, but I mean, if you're in that scenario, if you were using your over the air channels for your live TV and, and yep. local TV, and then you just had the ESPN app because you have a ESPN subscription by itself. I mean, right. You could just be between your over the air channels and the ESPN app for 
live sports, for live, live stuff, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, um, and we've talked about how ESPN app is a is a great experience, especially yeah. on the Apple TV. So here's here's the next step, Alan. I, I do want to make sure we cover this next piece, which is so one of the big differences between something like a YouTube TV and getting over the air is the DVR portion, is DVR the ability to be recording. able to record, yeah, recording, and pausing. Record rewinding within a recording all those things you get with a dvr um right right all the online services we've been discussing have kind of automatic built-in dvrs youtube tv sling uh hulu live all of these will allow you to record things uh right live broadcast playing back at your own leisure out of the box you're saying brian over the air doesn't do that no, I mean, so naturally, this is just pulling the signal in. Now, there are some boxes that you could buy that if you are having to pay for an additional uh, over-the-air tuner, some of those tuner boxes will have a built-in DVR where you could say, oh, it records up to a certain amount and you have to get rid of them and everything. It's not digital, or I yeah. shouldn't say it's not on the server, so you're limited. It's hard drive space. But here's where here's where it really gets. It's like the old way the TiVos used to be. Where the TiVo exactly you have a certain number amount of storage, and you know you can say, yeah, go ahead and record every episode of, you know, whatever, uh, whatever sitcom, and it will. But once it runs out of space, it's going to tell you it's running out of space. Right. A YouTube TV, a Sling, uh, Hulu Live don't really run out of space. You're using cloud storage on that. So yep, yep. So. Here's where it gets really intriguing, though, right? Because you and I both have these Synology, you know, Synology home servers that we built. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to potentially even use your Synology as a way of recording your over-the-air TV and be able to put it all together so that you can search it. You can be able to watch it from other places. You've talked about one solution, which is Plex. Right. Yeah. Plex is a way that you potentially could pull in an over-the-air antenna signal to your Plex server, and then your Plex server is tapping into a hard drive that you have recording these things. Um, there's another thing I do want to quickly mention as an option, and I think you may have it. Um, yeah, so there's Plex, and Plex has the way of you know, utilizing your home server for a DVR, if you'd like mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, there's another one that you have a tab open for, Alan, I think called Channels. And I ha- this is one that's been intriguing to me, which is it's like a Plex, but it really is made for pulling over-the-air signals, recording them to your, your home server, and then allowing you to access that server from anywhere. Very similar to what Plex wants to do, um, but I think they have a real kind of, line in on how to uh how to get the over the air signals in there so you obviously have to have a tuner you have to have a way in which that gets stored but there are options here for so someone's on a budget and you say listen i do not want to you know i want over the i want to be able to access local channels i i already have netflix i already have amazon prime so i have you know, those things, but I still need and don't want to upgrade to a YouTube TV just to get locals. That just seems crazy to me. Then over the air is a potential option. Um, again, you have to look at your TV. Do you have a tuner? If not, paying for a 20 to $30 tuner would make sense. Do you have an antenna? And if not, are you willing to pay $20, $30 for another antenna? 
Um, and then do you really care if that local uh, signal gets recorded and uh, used later as a DVR? And if so, then there's probably a service that you can you can spend. Now, the question is all of that together, if you don't have any of that already, all that together, does that make it more cost effective in the long run or not? I think it still does because we're talking about a couple of upfront costs um, as opposed to $65 a month forever <laughs> for, uh, right. for something like a YouTube TV. Yeah. It's more the long-term cost. I think you really should pay attention to. Right. You're going to end up having to buy, like you said, an antenna, the yep. tuner if it's not inclu- including your built into your tv already and then if you do use one of these dvr services i mean they're going to be some upfront cost or things yep. to deal with yeah but the goal is is that after you've got everything set up your month to month cost is it lower than what you were paying before to get all live tv right and, right uh, you know for some people this is going to come out to be a good bargain a good deal for other people that do watch a lot of live TV, but they also watch a lot of channels on live TV, like cable channels that they use that are not available over the year. Then it's a, it's a little tougher decision to make. You know, yeah. Yep. But um, yeah. So Alan, one of the questions that may be coming up and this was, was always uh, an issue for me is what happens if you have multiple TVs? So it used yeah. to be, you know, each one had to have their own antenna or, you know, you had to have an antenna network that was going on. I can tell you that the over-the-air digital signal that comes in can be split across multiple TVs. So if you had an antenna, let's say, on the outside of your house, maybe you you bought one of these that are, you know, a foot and a half tall, kind of mounts to the outside of your house and can put the cable in. Uh, as long as, and this is something, you remember, Alan, you and I, one of our first episodes, I think we talked about this, at my old house, I used the ex- existing cable network. So our house had been wired for cable and I went and put a, uh, I put an antenna in my, my attic, ran the antenna cable to my splitter that was on the outside of the house that delivered cable to all my cable outlets. And then any TV that I plugged in there uh, would be able to access that antenna. So you can, you can watch multiple channels. You don't have to have the same channel on multiple TVs. It's all still tapping into that antenna. You're talking about the traditional like coax cable, the traditional uh, coax cable that your cable used to come through, through the, you know, it run to your, into your house and then they had it set to split into runs that go into your different rooms. So that you had outlets in each room and everything, right. To be able to connect in, you can still use that. If your house has that, Still you can good. go outside. You can go outside to wherever that junction is, that little splitter that's sitting out there. And maybe right now it's not connected to anything because maybe you've gotten rid of cable. But go in and, and and put an antenna there, right? Go in and take what would have been cable in from the street or from mm-hmm. the, the provider. Unscrew that. Put an antenna in. Put the antenna right there on the outside of the house. And then go into your cable uh, cable outlets plug one of them into a TV and see if you can actually pick up some channels. You know, it may Brian, be a great way to deliver that, across. Yeah. Is it true that each TV would need to have its own digital tuner? Yes. Okay. Yep. Each TV needs to have its own tuner. So if, if, if you're buying tuners, right, if you're someone who has no tuners built into your current TVs, if you do not have modern TVs that may have it in already, you're going to need multiple tuners if all of them want to, uh, to access. But here's what's really cool about it, though. With this something like a channel's server, and and I know we're, you know, maybe kind of 
talk, talking big ideas here, but if you had one, if you had one tuner that was able to pull a signal and then that signal was be, was able to be stored through like a, I think they have boxes that are like these HD home run boxes and some of that, that can take that signal, store it into, let's say your Synology, your home server that then now can be delivered out through your Wi-Fi. So the thing is, like, once you get a digital copy somewhere, you just have to get it from the over-the-air to a place that it can store a digital copy. And once it does that, then everything can be delivered via Wi-Fi. So yeah. just, you know, from afar, you could tap into your home server, be able to watch those episodes, scroll through them, all of that. That's what something like a channel's DVR server will do is you have basically your home Synology, your home server becomes your DVR. Yeah. And then when it's there, it gets blasted out from Wi-Fi, from That's internet signals. So yeah. what if watching live was not as critical on different TV? Right. Yep. Maybe you if only you need one tuner. To, you just wanted to grab live signals and record the, the shows on them. And then make those shows available to anybody in your home home network. Yes. TVs, you yes. Could. Yep. Okay. You could take a Roku, have the app that then taps into channels DVR server. So you're right. As long as you didn't want to watch live and maybe you only had one TV that wanted to watch live, but the, the rest of it gets stored away. Then you could start to see a way in which that can happen. Yeah. It's, it's so a great, it's a great image setups. to have. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So this is what they're talking about. This is what you were describing there, Brian, mm-hmm. is that, you could, well, yeah, here's one option is, you know, the the DVR, this channel's DVR server is on a computer, and then the different devices in your home are just reading off that computer, that DVR, that's all it is. But here we're showing that, you know, you provide... That's an antenna, yep. Yep, the antenna coming in. And the home and run the box would be an example of a, that would be an example of a tuner that has kind of some built-in recording capabilities. Right. That gets connected to your router, that blasts out. So all of a sudden you just have one place where an antenna is coming into one box and that one box is storing things that you've set up to say, please record this, record this, record this. And then it's blasting out for any other Apple TV, Roku, uh, even some of your um, smart TVs can then access your recordings. So really, it's all upfront purchases as opposed to long-term services. I do think probably channels, DVR maybe has a service you have to purchase, but it's minimal when you're really talking about the in the long run. But this is kind of oh, like yeah. a Plex thing, right? This is a this is a homemade version of way in which you can <laughs> circumvent the $65 a month for a YouTube TV potentially, especially if you have these other things already in place. Yeah. And just again, so we're clear to everybody, this is antenna coming into your, if you bring an antenna directly into your TV, you're going to get live channels over the air, but they're just going to be fed to that one TV set. That's it. If you want to be recording that live content, you have to run it into a DVR, which could be running into a computer Yep. It could be a standalone box that you get. The HD Home Run, I think, is one. Mm-hmm. That box needs to be there to act as that DVR to record. 
And then that device would be connected to your home network. So other device TVs on your network could see could access it that. Yeah. It's, yep. it's as you get in the sense of it's, it's a little more thinking through how to make this work for your particular home situation. How many TVs are going to need access to right. content live or how many of them are going to be okay with recorded live content to watch on demand? Um, yep. If you're someone who, you know, you like watching 60 minutes on Sunday night live, you could have it running into one TV in your house where it's live. You could set it up to have it live in other TVs, but it's going to take multiple. You got to have a tuner at each location TV to do that. But you could have right. three TVs in your house all watching 60 minutes live. Mm-hmm. You do that, right? That's where you're Yo, you can have three TVs watching multiple live things. Yeah. One watching CBS, one watching NBC, as long as they're all gotcha. tapping to the same antenna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where that splitter comes in yep. using like the home yep. network. The uh, cat, the uh, what the I call home, it, the, the um, coax, coax coax cable running mm-hmm. through your house. Yeah. Yep. All right. So there's different configurations to deal with and different options. I think, you've got, it, right? I think it's really, you know, as you, you People listening may be thinking, oh, because this is way too confusing for me to to worry about now for a few dollars. But what I'd like you to think about is if you find yourself 90% of the time watching Netflix, Hulu, or one of these where you're just streaming, pulling up the new latest episode of something, you got to think, how often am I watching live TV? How often am I watching the, you know, at the moment watching CSI or something on CBS? And if that's not very often, but you still want access to it, why pay a service where you're, you know, up upselling everything that you're doing simply to get those live TVs? If you can figure out a way, maybe just one of your TVs needs to do that. Maybe you only need it for the living room TV because that's where you'll watch the news. Yeah. Everything else becomes kind of streaming episodes, movie. And I find myself getting to that point, right? Other than sports, which I think there are cheaper sports packages I could get into. You know, we, you know, when we talked about it before, it's like, why are we with YouTube TV? I, well, one, I love it. I think it's all encompassing. Yeah. But if I'm in there for sports and I'm in there maybe because I need live TV and then I use all the other stuff while I'm there, you know, could I get sports cheaper? Could I get live TV for free for the minimal time I need it? And then do the rest of my streaming packages serve me enough content that I don't need to worry about? Yeah. I think thinking realistically about the need for over the air, um, it, it, to me, it really just boils down to three, three categories of content that could dictate that. Cause I do believe that any of the network shows, let's say you mentioned like CSI or some of these shows that are on like a CBS, get them. Or big ABC, NBC shows. Those are going to be available through other yes streaming platforms sometimes even like the day after they air. right be a little patient and you'll get them you'll get right mm-hmm. whether it's hulu whether it's some other service that you pay for they'll be available where live over the air tv or live tv comes into handy obviously with sports okay yep that's just you know some some sports are only covered by your local channels some are only covered by some network the, the major networks you know cbs has uh, the March Madness, you know, the basketball tournament right. along with right. some other channels. Whether or not you'll be able to find good streaming options for all those other live sports, uh, it could be hit or miss depending on what the sport is, where your coverage is, what team it is, and so forth. So sports is always going to be that little more sticking point. 
And then beyond that, I mean, local news or local content, you know, truly local for your market. That's not a national uh, broadcast of anything is, you know, there may or may not be any live streaming options for your local news channel. So live uh, over the air broadcast could still be there. And really the last piece for me, Brian, is just big events. I mean, big uh, events. Yeah. The Oscars and got the mm -hmm. Oscars coming up Sunday night and I host a party to watch it with a bunch of people in the area. And yeah, we watch it through ABC live on, on broadcast. Uh, I think they're, they they try ways to make these events be available through online apps or other sites, but it's not always consistent and not always reliable. Yeah. So again, that's kind of the three camps. You know, it's the sports, it's local content, like local news, local weather, local and things. It's event, yeah. and then it's these big events that are like you want to you want to be watching them live, and there's probably not going to be a really easy recorded version of it for streaming afterwards necessarily, so, right? If those three things apply to you, then over the air could be a good option uh, to consider with that to supplement for those. If that's all you end up doing outside of those three things, if you're, if you're still using a YouTube TV, but those three things I mentioned, the main things you use it for over the air could suffice and you may not need. Right. You may be able to, you may be able to piece it together. And I, and I think just as we get more and more, I have a feeling that, something like a YouTube TV is going to cost more and more as time goes on well, because it's getting more and more popular. All those others have cut or started to fall off, uh, aside and YouTube TV, that particular model yeah. is showing up to be so incredibly good that people are like, Oh, well, sure. You've got me hooked. You know, you, you bump it up to 70 and I'm still going to do it. You bump it uh, up to 75 and I'm probably still doing it. That's you know, what we it did. was 30. It was 30 when I started. I know so it was 29.99. It, it was fantastic. It right? is it's doubled. It's more price. than doubled. Yep. It's more than doubled. Yeah. It's rolling out. So, so yeah, you're right. It's going to creep up to where it's going to be back to the point where we're saying, well, we're now spending more on streaming stuff uh, for live channels than we were back when cable was a thing. We were yep. all complaining yep. about the price of cable we were having to pay for. So this starts to make sense. I, you know, yep. I, there are some shows I watch that are network shows, just a couple, maybe two. And I believe both of them are ones that you know are available online in some format somewhere within 24 hours. Right. Um, so, yeah, that starts to get kind of interesting is that to mm-hmm. think that, that I would not lose that. I just have to find that content in a different way. But the things I would want live TV for big special events. Uh, local news, and then the occasional sports that's not on ESPN or yeah. some other yeah. streaming. And that's the trick. You do have to do the balance. You have to say, okay, what is it that I really watch and add them all up? And if I divvied out this and still were able to kind of a la carte the other things, would it make sense? So so anyway, I just wanted to let people know that that over the air is not something that's going away anytime soon because they just created a new standard. They've up upgraded their uh, over the air signals uh, or a lot of uh, a lot of these stations are. So it's I think it's it's a good opportunity for you to to say listen, if I'm really struggling with the price and I need to be budget conscious and there are pieces that I'd like to put together, this could be a a creative way of I mean, for me, I'm thinking about it as I don't need to record the locals 
I just yeah. would like to have them available, right? So if I were to just go sports on streaming and just on the streaming apps, the, the movie type streaming apps, I've got all my content. I've got plenty of content, right? I've got plenty of things to keep me busy. But if there was that Oscars or something else, I'd love to be able to just switch over and go, oh, I, I've got the over the air because my antenna works for that. And if I just knew that it was there, it was available, um, even if it was only one TV, if I knew, hey, on those situations, we go to that TV. But to me, that could be that's that's appealing. I still I, I'm not getting rid of Apple, uh, YouTube TV yet, but I'm waiting for them to hike up another price. And if they do, I may try to put something together. So here's the big question mark for me. Yeah, I still have to ask this all the time. Every time I get excited about thinking about, ooh, I could do this too. I could do it over the year. Um, Turner Classic Movies, TCM. Mm. There's no other way for that channel to stream. That I you found can't get a you can't get a TCM outside of, account. Mm. No, and that is the one channel that you will find on twenty four seven and a certain other family member of in this household's TV. <laughs> and if it were to be removed and not available, uh, it would oh, be hell is breaking bad. loose. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm kind of beholden to keep YouTube TV for a while longer just because of that. But I do think if it wasn't for that particular need, I, and, and, and well, okay. If it wasn't for that particular channel and if I lived in an area that had better access to over the yeah. other channels, yeah. Yeah, I would go that route. Unfortunately, I don't think I live in an area that's going to be very well suited for it. Yeah, it's going to take it's going to take a bit for for you. Yeah. But I would just argue, you know, if you set up the digital digital savant that you are, if you would set up a recording of TCM for like a seven day period, just record just loop, it, just loop it. Yeah, and then just say, honey, Look, no matter what I do, you have, and I'm assuming it's honey, but you say, listen. Here you go. You have access to the same thing, Look, everything that was offered in that seven day period. I think a lot of those old movies look the same anyway. So I could probably just record one week's worth and just put it on repeat and loop every week. And she and just, just difference. put a new name on it each time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. didn't I see this movie last week? It's like, no, 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 no. That, no. Movie, that was mm-hmm. meet me in St. Louis. This one is meet me in Memphis. It's, it's right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's different. I promise. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that'll go over really well. Um, well, look, I think this is an interesting option. I'm I'm surprised, honestly, to hear that they've kind of upgraded over-the-air yep. antenna signals. Now, 4K, 4K signals coming in over, over the, the airways. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Traditional TV antennas and giving us a high-quality signal there is pretty cool. Yep. Um, not something I, I would have even thought about before you brought it up as a topic this week and said we should talk about this. Yeah. Um, I think if you live in a closer to a, a bigger city, bigger metropolitan area, you're going to have a lot more options living out in a little more smaller town, rural areas. You may not have as many, but definitely check out that antenna web.org website first before you go too far down the path. Right. If you find out there's only three or four channels that you're going to have good signals with, and it's not ones you're interested in, it's probably not worth the effort to go to. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of homework involved. But I mean, it could be saving you thirty to sixty dollars a month if you play your cards right and you know what you're right. doing. Right. And uh depending on what you like. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. All right. Well, cool, Brian. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. 
you did a you did you did all right. Thanks. You did all right. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And I just want to say real quick, damn it, we just missed being under an hour. I kept looking for the last five minutes, thinking we could finish this thing under an hour, which we never do, but no, we just had an hour. <sighs> sorry. Can you go back and trim like all the shit that you said? Oh, I'm sorry, all the stuff that you said. Sorry. <laughs> Can trim that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Nobody's listening anymore, but can you trim that? that would be I could helpful. if you really want to get I'm at I see a I see an hour and twenty-seven seconds. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I said at least a minute or two of pointless information. Um so I can go find I can go really? find that and cut that out. Yeah. And then there's great. probably a good 15, 20 minutes of stuff you said I could probably trim out too that would really have no bearing on on the content. Yeah, anything. <laughs> <laughs> so we can probably get this down to eight or nine minutes and have just that's right. perfect. That would be great. Good that information. Be great. Yeah, that'd be great. We need the brothers in tech abridged version, is what it is. So mm-hmm. it's like, all right, yep. yeah, we may talk for an hour, but you really pull it down to what really what you need to listen to. It's about seven minutes. Brother and brothers in tech cliff notes. That would be cliff awesome. Version, yep. that's right. I love it. Well, Brian, we'll still keep it re- respectively close to a, an hour. Thanks. Here. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing information on over-the-air antennas and yeah. uh, signals and what you can do with them these days. Interesting concepts. Does take a little little work. Does take a little research. Does take a little uh, a little uh, configuring of things that you 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 may not have to do with an all-in-one solution like a YouTube TV. But saving money and a little more flexibility is always good. Brian, if anybody's got any thoughts on that subject or anything we've been talking about, email programs or uh, my iCloud continuing issues, any, anything at all to chime in, let people know how to reach us here. Yep. Send us an email at uh, info at the mesh.tv and uh, let us know uh, topics you're interested in and uh, maybe some some things that you're uh, using that you'd like us to pass along to our listeners. You can also go to the website at www.brothers-in-tech.com. Okay. Very cool. Well, that is it for Brothers in Tech this week. Thanks for everybody for sticking around and watching or listening. We will be back again next week with some more uh, tech-related content, news, uh, how-tos, sometimes some picks that we like to throw out as far as Yeah, we're getting close. We're getting close. I think we're about a week or two away from doing that. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think we got some future episodes already planned out, some interesting topics we want to dig into and, and get a little diverse with some of the areas of technology we start to explore. So all that will be uh, coming soon. So just stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Either on your audio podcast app, you can subscribe or follow whatever they're calling it these days. And if you're watching this on video or anywhere else, you can also uh, choose to subscribe or follow that as well you can tell i'm really not up on the the big social terms here so um whatever you have to do to make sure you hear us all the time that's that's the goal okay we're an hour we're at an hour oh three so let's wrap it up thanks everybody for watching or listening and we'll talk to you next time bye-bye Shoot. Hold on, I just added an extra five seconds. How much broadcast. time so are you killing us? Killing us. I always forget to play this. Here we go. Goodbye. Bye bye. You've been.
been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.